Hello and welcome to our podcast. My name is Emma and I'm speaking on behalf of myself and my two lovely colleagues, Sian Korba and Angela. We are all student psychologists at UFS and we would like to chat with you today about something that we are all struggling with at the moment, stress. Throughout the next few minutes, we will be talking you through how stress affects us, why life is so stressful during the COVID-19 pandemic, and we will be giving you some tips on how to deal with stress yourself and how to help others around you. Find a cup of coffee or tea, sit back and relax. Dealing with life in general tends to be stressful, and even more so now that we are in the middle of a global pandemic. At the most basic level, stress is our body's response to pressures experienced from a situation or life event. These pressures are called stresses and include experiencing something unexpected or new, feeling like we have little or no control over our situation or a situation that threatens one's competence. I think it goes without saying that we were not expecting the current COVID-19 pandemic. It was so sudden and that's why all the disruptions it has caused were stressful. Stress is also defined as the perception that the demands of an external situation are beyond one's perceived ability to cope. This can affect our functioning as research indicates that other problems tend to develop when individuals become stressed out. High levels of stress are correlated with emotional distress, poor physical health and disruption in families. Also, stress can lead to the worsening of mental health conditions, such as anxiety or depression, as well as the worsening of chronic health problems and changes in sleep and eating patterns. My colleague Sia shared the following experience of how stress has affected her during the lockdown. I remember my sleeping and eating patterns completely changed when I left the school residence and went to stay at my sister's place as lectures were suspended. I struggled to sleep so much up to this day, my sleeping patterns have changed and I was eating a lot, but I think I've gotten the eaten part under control now. I know I can definitely relate to Sia's experience. The minute I got home, I started eating a lot more than no I normally would, and my sleeping patterns have definitely shifted. These experiences show us that it is important that we are better equipped or offered guidance on effective ways to cope with stress. We believe healthier stress coping mechanisms will make you and those around you stronger. We will look at some stress coping mechanisms in a few minutes. Firstly, we are going to look at how stress affects us in different ways. Research findings indicate that stress negatively affects us in various ways. It affects us emotionally, physically, cognitively, psychologically, and behaviorally. On an emotional level, stress affects individuals differently. Emotional outbursts tend to be a common emotional reaction. For example, sometimes a student may just burst into tears in front of their books when feeling stressed for an exam. When we are stressed out, suddenly we can't regulate our emotions and we may cry, feel angry or rage without any strong reason. On a physical level, stress results in the experience of sensations and symptoms, such as a persistent head, neck and shoulder aches, constipation or diarrhea, constant tiredness, fatigue, reduced libido and lack of interest, motivation or energy. This explains why even on days when we are not even doing much during the lockdown, we could still feel fatigued. When stressed, some people tend to breathe more quickly, perspire more, and have heart palpitations. It's important to be alert to what our bodies communicate to us, 
so that we can effectively deal with such experiences. On a cognitive level, stress results in difficulty in concentration, poor memory abilities, and the inability to make decisions. Stress can also lead to inaccurate thoughts that may lead to having a poor self-image. I'm certain some of our listeners can relate to having a poor self-image during the pandemic. For example, a student may be getting lower grades now because of poorer performance due to stress, and this can affect one's self-image. Stress hinders our competence, and it's understandable why we experience such inaccurate thoughts that affect how we view ourselves. On a psychological level, the experience of stressful events has been found to be associated with depressive symptoms and the onset of major depression disorder, as well as suicide, suicidal thoughts, and self-harm. For example, a student's parents could be getting a divorce during this COVID pandemic, and this, along with multiple online assignments and tests, can lead to the development of depression or other mental health issues. This is unfortunate as it further perpetuates the problems we have concerning mental health in our communities. We are well aware of the lack of awareness and understanding about mental health in our communities, and we hope that this podcast can help with providing awareness about mental health. On a behavioural level, stress can manifest in various ways, such as an increased intake of food, alcohol or drugs, withdrawal from certain engagements and avoidance of social interactions. Overall, this indicates that stress has a major influence upon our mood, our sense of well-being, our behaviour and our health. It is now clear that stress can affect us on many different levels, but why are our stress levels so much higher during this current lockdown? We will now look at that exact question. There are several reasons that explain the elevated levels of stress during the global pandemic, and it all has to do with the fact that COVID-19 is a crisis that is experienced both on an individual level and on a systemic level. The term crisis usually refers to a person's feelings of shock, fear and distress about the disruption, not to the disruption itself. COVID-19 is an individual crisis because we as individuals have no known response to deal with the situation. We witnessed this when lockdown started. Despite the information that was communicated to us about COVID-19, we had people who were panic shopping and not following suggested guidelines. No one knew how to respond to this new reality. COVID-19 immobilizes people and prevents them from consciously controlling their lives. Many countries went into lockdown due to the pandemic, which put a lot of restrictions on what we could do. Suddenly, we could not be with our families and friends as often as we desired, engage in leisure and hobbies, or spontaneously make plans that fit our mood. A crisis is a state of disorganization in which people face the frustration of important life goals or profound disruption in their life cycles and methods of coping with stress. In essence, a crisis is a temporary breakdown of coping. I remember during the first few weeks of lockdown, I was feeling the crisis as I was struggling to cope with my normal activities. Studying from home and other tasks that I could normally do in a certain time frame would take me twice as long to do during the lockdown. I was struggling to cope with all the environmental and personal changes around me. Systemic refers to our society as a whole. It includes us as individuals, as well as all our communities and larger society structures. On a systemic level within our communities, there is an atmosphere of tension and fear due to COVID-19. 
COVID-19 is a systemic crisis as there's a shared feeling of being overwhelmed by the pandemic among individuals, institutions and our communities. Normal functioning is at a standstill and schools and businesses are closed and health and emergency resources are in short supply. As we have seen, the pandemic introduced a lockdown into our communities and this affects our normal functioning as we know it. As students, our normal way of learning was attending contact lectures, tutorials and practicals, but now all of that is not feasible. With all the disruptions and frequent adjustments we constantly need to make due to the pandemic, many of us find ourselves experiencing a heightened level of stress as every aspect of our daily life as we knew it has been turned upside down. We find ourselves overly stressed out because of social isolation, loss of security, which could be from finances or jobs, or just the uncertainty about the future and what awaits us at the end of the pandemic. It is especially stressful as COVID-19 could be getting in the way of you achieving your life goals. In the community of students, stress is heightened due to the challenges brought by the pandemic, such as shifting from face-to-face -to, -face to online classes, assessments and evaluations, as well as a lack of resources and skill to utilize the online platforms. And for others, it's moving back home, where staying focused on our academics is difficult. It is clear that there are many reasons why our stress levels are so much worse during COVID-19 and why it's affecting us on both an individual level as well as a larger or systemic level. Now, let's look at how we can deal with these heightened levels of stress. Stress is something we all deal with in our daily lives. Many of us have existing ways to relieve stress, but the pandemic brings a whole new set of rules that may interfere with the stress relievers we normally use. Many of us find relief in spending time with friends or family when we are stressed. Social connection helps us regulate our emotions, cope with stress and remain resilient during normal times. However, as we all know with COVID-19, social distancing is the new focus. We may be physically cut off from connection, but that does not mean we have to be isolated from other people. We live in a time filled with social media, video calling platforms and so many ways to connect virtually with others. Connection can be just a call, message, or a like away. Don't be afraid to reach out and connect with others. Chances are they may be feeling similarly to you during this unusual time. At the moment, we are surrounded by news sources and case updates, and all of this news can be quite overwhelming and stressful. It is important to check the news, but it is also important to set boundaries for the sake of your mental health. How you can do this is by making sure you are checking reliable sources, limiting how much you are viewing, being careful of what you are sharing, and stop looking at updates if you are feeling overwhelmed. With everything going on, it's very easy to feel out of control. One way to lessen this is to focus on things that are in your control. For example, you cannot control when COVID-19 will end or the choices the government will make. Focusing on factors like this will make you feel stressed and out of control. However, when you focus on things that you can control, such as your reactions, your interactions with others, and what you do during the day, you will then feel a sense of control during this unusual time. Another factor that you have control of is taking care of yourself. The Center of Disease Control and Prevention recommends eating well, meditation, regular exercise, enough sleep, and avoiding excessive drug and alcohol use to decrease stress. 
We are now going to look at some of these recommendations in greater detail. Meditation is the practice of training your mind to focus and to increase awareness of your surroundings. As the health benefits of meditation are being better understood, meditation is becoming more and more popular. Meditation has been found to relieve stress, decrease anxiety, improve emotional health and improve sleep. The great thing about meditation is that there are so many readily available free resources that can help you learn how to meditate. You can find tutorials on YouTube channels such as the Omega Institute. There are several podcasts dedicated to meditation such as the Daily Meditation Podcast and Meditation Oasis. Lastly, there are several apps available on your phone that provide guided meditation and music for meditation. Calm, Aura and Mindfulness are all available on app stores in South Africa. Another great factor is that meditation doesn't have to take a long time. There are meditations available that are under five minutes long. We are going to now do a three minute relaxation exercise. Please stop what you are doing and find a comfortable chair to relax. I want you to close your eyes and try to clear your thoughts. While sitting, take a break from whatever you're doing and check your body for tension. Relax your facial muscles and allow your jaw to open slightly. Let your shoulders drop. Let your arms fall to your sides. Allow your hands to loosen so there are spaces between your fingers. Uncross your legs or ankles. Feel your thighs sink into your chair, letting your legs fall comfortably apart. Feel your shins and calves become heavier and your feet grow roots into the floor. Now breathe in slowly and breathe out slowly. Breathe in and breathe out. One more time, breathe in and breathe out. I hope you feel as relaxed as I now do. Let's now look at some more stress relieving techniques. Working and studying from home has left us suddenly without any structure or routine. A regular routine can help relieve stress, help you feel more productive and more focused. It can also help you get all the stuff that you have to get done quicker so that you have more time for hobbies and things that you enjoy. A routine doesn't necessarily need to be super strict. In fact, it is more important that you find a routine that is maintainable and suitable for your lifestyle. It can be helpful to write out a routine. This could be a structured timetable or a daily to-do list. Stress can make it very difficult to concentrate, so writing out what you need to get done can help you stay focused. It is also important that your schedule is realistic and that you leave time for relaxation, self-care and hobbies. Exercising can be very beneficial in stress relief. When we exercise, our stress hormone levels are reduced and endorphins are produced. Endorphins are natural painkillers and mood elevators. This is why you feel a lot better after you've exercised. Exercising does come more naturally to some than it does to others. 
I personally can find it difficult to feel motivated to exercise, but I know that afterwards I'm always very thankful that I did it. With gyms and many sports centers closed, it may feel quite difficult to exercise, but it's important to note that even a 20 minute walk around the block is beneficial for your health. Free workout videos and training schedules can be found online and on YouTube. However, please keep in mind the limitations of your body. Only you know how far you can push yourself. While we all need to, de to develop ways of dealing with stress ourselves, sometimes we need to lend a helping hand and help other people in our lives deal with stress. I'm reminded of a quote by Steve Maraboli that says, a kind gesture can reach a wound that only compassion can heal. The World Health Organization presented the following considerations that can be used to support the mental and psychosocial well-being of others during the outbreak. Firstly, let's look at some recommended ways of helping others who have been directly affected by COVID-19. Be empathetic to all of those who, have, who are affected, including their family members. They need your support, compassion and kindness. Do not stigmatize the affected individual and their family members by treating them like disease carriers. It is important to know how to provide support to people who are affected by COVID-19 and know how to link them with available resources. This is especially important for those who require mental health and psychosocial support. The stigma associated with mental health problems may cause reluctance to seek support for both COVID-19 and mental health conditions. It can be helpful to find opportunities to spread positive and hopeful stories of local people who have experienced COVID-19. For example, stories of people who have recovered or who have supported a loved one and are willing to share their experience. It is very important that you protect yourself and be supportive to others. For example, phone your neighbours or people in your community who may need some extra assistance rather than visiting them in person. Working together as one community can help to create solidarity in addressing COVID-19 together. Assisting others in their time of need can benefit both the person receiving support and the helper. Now let's look at how you can help adults around you. Older adults, especially those in isolation and those with cognitive decline or dementia, may become more anxious, angry, stressed, agitated and withdrawn during the outbreak or while in quarantine. You can provide practical and emotional support through informal networks like your family, as well as health professionals. It is important to check in with them by phoning them regularly, and if possible, they can live with you for extra support. Lastly, it is important that we help our children get through this pandemic. During times of stress and crisis, it is common for children to seek more attachment and be more demanding on parents. Children will observe adults' behaviours and emotions for cues on how to manage their own emotions during difficult times. Discuss COVID-19 with your children in an honest and age-appropriate way. If your children have concerns, addressing them together may ease their anxiety. It is important to help children find positive ways to express feelings such as fear and sadness. Every child has his or her own way of expressing emotions. Sometimes engaging in a creative activity, such as playing or drawing, can facilitate this process. Children feel relieved if they can express and communicate their feelings in a safe and supportive environment. Parents should engage in age-appropriate activities for children, including activities for their learning. 
Where possible, encourage children to continue to play and socialize with others, even if only within the family. There are a few activities that we recommend for children during the COVID outbreak. Firstly, there is a game called the medical matching game. To play, find kid-friendly pictures of medical equipment used in a hospital from magazines, newspapers, or online. Place each picture face down and ask the child to name what is in the picture. Educate the child on the medical equipment as they flip the picture and attempt to name it. If the child or a family member needs to go to hospital, this game promotes familiarization and open discussion that will allow the child to gain understanding, which helps take the fear out of the unknown. Secondly, there is an activity called emoji play. This activity provides a sensory outlet for children to express themselves and process emotions. In this activity, have the child create faces that show different emotions with clay. While doing so, engage them in conversation about their emotions and explain ways to cope with negative emotions, such as talking to someone or deep breathing exercises. Lastly, there is an activity called Worry Monster Art. This activity helps encourage deep breathing, discussion of worries and creativity. In this activity, you mix paint with a few drops of water in a cup. Pour the paint on paper and then have the child use a straw to blow the paint mixture to create blobs. Once dry, draw faces on these blobs and allow the children to discuss their worries. Hopefully these tips can help you reach out and support those affected by COVID-19, as well as our more elderly adults and our children. Sadly, we have reached the end of our podcast today. I hope this has been helpful to you. Maybe you have learned a new stress relieving technique or a new way to help someone else deal with stress. I think it is now quite clear how COVID-19 is an incredibly stressful time for all of us and why it is so important to manage our stress. Hopefully by this point, you may feel more capable of managing your stress and possibly reaching out to help others. We encourage you to share what you have learned with others who may need more information on stress. If you or anyone you know are struggling, please don't be afraid to reach out for help. The UFS Student Counseling is free for all registered UFS students. You can book an online or face-to-face appointment by emailing scd at ufs.ac.za or phoning 051-401-2853. Thank you for joining us today and we wish you all a safe and less stressful COVID-19 period.